Thanks for checking out this message from River Valley Church in Boise, Idaho. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you. For more messages like this, make sure to check out our podcast. And for more content from River Valley, go to our website, rivervalleyboise.com. Enjoy this message. So we've been talking about this principle of kingdom now for some time, and we're going to continue to talk about it as we go into the fall here of understanding that the kingdom of God and the family of God is different than the world that we live in. And I don't know any other way to say that more plainly to us and hopefully to to remind you this morning that, that if you feel weird in this world, that's how it should be. Okay. If for some reason you get up in the morning and you don't feel like you belong where you are, there's a reason for that. It was because you have been purchased and bought with the blood of Jesus. You're part of a new kingdom and part of a new family, and this world should leave you dissatisfied. And here's what I want to encourage you. Don't, don't get things crossed in your mind. Don't get things crossed in your mind and say, well, I feel dissatisfied because I'm a Christian. No, the only reason you have satisfaction, health, and wholeness in your life is because you're a follower of Jesus. Because what Jesus brings to our life is wholeness and health when we partner with him and what he's trying to do. This world is what will suck the life out of you in a moment. It will try to get you to compete with the people that are around you. It will try to get you to buy into its mentality. It will try to get you to to achieve and get more. And the only thing that that will leave you in your life with is this empty void. Yes, even as a follower of Christ. Because that space was meant to be filled with the kingdom of God, the presence of God in relationship with the family of God. And so as we process through our life and as we are on this journey of faith, God is constantly trying to remind us that we are a part of a different kingdom. And that's a hard thing to do in our mind because we are constantly bombarded with the kingdom of this world. And so what we're doing in in this series is taking some time to awaken our hearts and to remind ourselves that this world is not our home. Can I get a good amen? We're reminding ourselves that there's something more that God has created us for. And there's a, there's a kingdom and there's a family that we are a part of that, is a, that has a mission and purpose to its being. And so we've been talking about this over these past few weeks, talking about the kingdom of God, talking about this reality. And as I was processing and kind of just praying and preparing this week, God took me to a passage of scripture that I've, I've, I don't know how many times I've read this. I've heard it taught in Sunday school and throughout my life. But something new just illuminated in my heart this morning in this kingdom principle. And then we're going to dive into this morning, uh, one of these spaces for us of living free that we talk about as a church of our big four. But Matthew chapter 6 verse 31 is right in the middle of Jesus's longest sermon ever. We talked about the Sermon on the Mount this summer and we've talked about it in a number of spaces and Jesus just went off one day. I don't know what got into him but he just the Sermon on the Mount is like this epically long conversation where Jesus begins to really talk about the kingdom of God and how we should treat each other and how we should look at finances and fasting and prayer and all of these topics that Jesus just like downloaded an entire theological and uh, seminary doctoral degree in this like Sermon on the Mount. I don't know why but it's what we see in Scripture. And, and in this space, Jesus takes a moment and he begins to speak to the heart of the people that were listening, and I really believe us today, about the kingdom of God 
and about this reality of its priority in our life. And here's what he says in verse 31. He says, so don't worry about these things. What things? Jesus was just talking about where you're going to lay your head, food, clothes, the comforts of life. Jesus said, hey, listen, don't, don't, don't worry about these things. What you will eat and what you will drink and what you will wear. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly father already knows all of your needs. How many of you know that's a really comforting thought? Okay. How many of you really know that's a really comforting thought? That the God of all creation who knows your name, who knows every hair on your head, he cares about the little things of your life. He cares about what you drink. Right now, I just got done going through the old COVID and now I can't taste anything. So it doesn't matter what I eat or drink because none of it tastes. But God cares about that for your life. He cares about your drink and he cares about the, the fact that you have clothes to wear and he cares about the fact that you have a, a warm home to be in. All of those things, God cares about those things in your life. And so what he says to you, and this is a really hard thing for all of us to kind of grasp. He says, don't worry about it. I got it covered. Well, I, I know God, but you don't quite understand the kind of clothes that I need to wear. I got it. God, you don't understand. Like, I, we need a five-bedroom home on five acres, and God, I've got you. This is really just the heart of a father saying, man, you're, you're spending a lot of time worrying about stuff that I already got you covered in. Now, you can do that if you want, but you don't need to. And that's what, what he was speaking here. And then Jesus says in, in this space, he just gives us this beautiful picture of the kingdom of God. He said, listen, these are all the things that you're worried about. And these are all the things that the world worries about. You're now part of a new kingdom. And here's what your mindset should be. Seek first the kingdom of God above all else doesn't leave room for those areas of our life that we just think that we should have control of. He, this Jesus just speaks right to the heart of humanity, to you and to me. And he says, hey, listen, seek first the kingdom of God. In other words, with your energy and your motions and all of your time, the things that you, you are putting into all of these other things, the food, the clothes, the comforts, all of those things in life, all the time and energy you're putting into that space, Jesus is saying, if you just slow down, you're a part of a different kingdom. The Father's got those things taken care of. Seek first the kingdom of God, right? Above all else and live righteously. Many of us have memorized this, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added. Anybody memorize that, that passage of scripture? Yeah, that's the reality of what Jesus was speaking here. But he's saying, hey, listen, you're, you're worried about and putting your effort into things that aren't going to last. The food that you eat, the drinks that you're looking for, the cool clothes that you want to wear. We're putting all of our time and energy into these spaces and they're just not going to last. They're just going to come and go. In fact, earlier on in this, Jesus says, uh, was speaking. He said, does the father not know? He, he clothes the lilies of the valley. Plants that are going to live and die every seed. He clothes them way better than you dress. That's what he's saying. He takes care of them really. Why are you worried about the fact if you're going to have clothes to wear in your body? Not only just the fact of, if you have clothes to wear, but are they cool enough to be on this temple, right? 
Like think about how much time and energy and effort we put into that space. And Jesus is saying, man, like there's something bigger than that in life. He's saying the kingdom is so much more important. And if you'll prioritize that, all of this other stuff, I'll take care of it. I promise. And for some reason, we act like God's going to go back on his word. We still continue to spend time worrying about the things that he's saying, hey, I got that taken care of. And, and we deprioritize the things that God's saying, hey, like, put your energy into this space. The kingdom of God, this thing that is eternal, that has been going on for generations and will continue to go on. The thing that has, has uh, demonic principalities and powers shaking in their boots, that's what we should be focused on. And that's what Jesus is inviting us to. He's saying, hey, listen, reprioritize the kingdom in your life. Can I just tell you, this is not an easy task. And I don't think Jesus was saying, oh, it's just, it's just as simple as just getting up every day and saying, oh, your kingdom come, your will be done. No, it's not that easy because there's some things in our lives that have to be crucified in order for the kingdom to be elevated and this other stuff to just be set off to the side. And Jesus knew that. And so he was talking to us and teaching us this space. And he's saying, hey, if, if you can learn these new rhythms of the kingdom of God, here's what's going to happen. There's a new peace and joy that's going to come to your life because the worry of all of what you have or don't have, you're going to learn how to mitigate its impact on your life. And you're going to learn how to now live with a different perspective in your mind. And that perspective is a really simple one. God, what are you up to today? Why don't you just think about that question in your life when it comes to putting first the kingdom of God. God, what are you up to today? Thank you for my home. Thank you for food. Thank you for all of those things. And, and not being flippant about those, but being genuine. God, thank you for all the things that you've blessed me with in my life. God, I don't, I don't have need to worry about those today. God, what are you doing? What's going on in your kingdom? What is this work, this mission that you have me on today? And God invites us into that place because he reminds us that if we'll put the kingdom first, all of this other stuff will be added into our life. It'll be taken care of. But most of us, and I would just say me included, don't live our lives this way very often. In fact, most of us would, would have the flip-flop in our life. We spend a lot of time and energy worrying about the things that we can't control and very little time and energy going, God, what are you up to today? What is your kingdom doing today? God, where are you advancing the work of the kingdom of your kingdom around my life? God, what, what does that look like? And this is the mindset that Jesus is trying to help us learn how to walk in because here's what he knows. At the end of our life, you're not going to remember the clothes that you have on your back today. At the end of your life, you're not going to remember the meals and the drinks and all of those things. They're wonderful and they're, they're to be enjoyed in this life, but they are not what you're going to remember. What you're going to remember at the end of your life is the way that you invested your life for an eternal purpose of the kingdom of God. That's what will matter. When we stand before God at the end of our journey, we're not going to go, what am I wearing today? Are, are you with me on this? 
When we think about the kingdom of God and we think about the long-term effects of the kingdom of God in the world that we're in, we're not going to worry a minute about what kind of shoes we bought. When we stand in the presence of God, all we're, going to, all we're going to know is his glory and his majesty. And our heart's cry is going to be, God, how did I spend my life for your kingdom? That's what's going to matter. And I know that this is a tension point for every one of us. I know we, we wrestle through this because, once again, there are so many distractions in the world that we live in today. But can I tell you, we are the people of God. And we have the work of the Holy Spirit that's taking place in us. And God is trying to draw us into his mission and his purpose. And that's what we're talking about right now. So here at River Valley, when we talk about this this reality of being a local church on kingdom mission, when we talk about what does it look like for our lives to be spent well for the kingdom of God, we feel like God's given us some very clear instruction on what that looks like for us. And we've put it into what we would call at River Valley our mission statement. It gives us direction and purpose behind all the things that we do. And here's what it is. Mission statement says this, to help every person know God, live free, discover their purpose, and make a difference. I'm going to say that again. When it comes to who we are as a local church and the mission that we are on, the assignment that we've been given from God, this is what we believe, uh, that, that collectively together through our lives, we're helping every person know God, live free, discover purpose, and make a difference. Now, before you go, wow, that's really cool. Somebody really took some time and thought about that. I just want you to know we just took that straight from Scripture. Wasn't our idea. Wasn't our, our thought. This is the mission that God has been on with people from the beginning of time. We've put modern-day English terminology to it. But if you think back, I want you to just think back how God has walked with people from the beginning of time. I want you to think about his interaction with the children of Israel that he chose and called out of the nations of the earth. When God began his work and the work that he did with the children of Israel, this is exactly what he did. He first revealed himself to them, invited them into relationship with him, to know him. And then he, he set them free from the bondage that they were in. God literally took them out of the bondage of Egypt set them free from that space and put them on a journey of discovering why they existed and then they went out and made a difference. So let me, let me illustrate to you this, how, how this looks. Once again, God took the children of Israel. He spoke his declaration over them. These are my people. He gave them identity and purpose and invited them into relationship with him. God didn't do that with any other people group on the planet. And then he set them free from Egypt, and through the process of being able to wander in the desert for 40 years, he had to get Egypt out of them. And for most of us, that's what a lot of us are experiencing right now in our life. This is exactly what we're talking about this morning. The world has tried to form us and shape us so much that oftentimes, for most of us, we can't tell the difference between kingdom life and, and just being a part of this world. And so what God's doing is this fancy word that we have in the Christian world called sanctification. He's setting you apart in the way that you think, in the way that you process life, in the way that you spend your time, the way that you spend your money, the way that you parent and are a spouse. All of those things, the kingdom of God is now breaking into your life and forming and shaping in you a person that looks like the one that you're following, Jesus. 
And so he's, he's setting you free, and then he's helping you to discover your purpose. Why am I here? It's exactly what he did with the children of Israel. As they were wandering around the desert, as he was taking Egypt out of them, he was now instilling in them that they were the family of God, the children of Israel, chosen, set apart by God for a very specific thing. And that follows that up to go make a difference. And what did they do? God led them into the promised land to be a beacon and light to the world of the goodness of God. Every nation that they went into and conquered knew about who their God was. Why? Because he was the God that parted the Red Sea. He was the God provided for them clothing. When they wandered around the desert, their shoes never wore out. This same God was now the God that was coming with these people to establish the nation of Israel. Can I tell you that God's doing the exact same thing in you? When you look at the work of Jesus Christ on the cross, he came and died, poured out his life, so that you could have a relationship with God, so that you could know him. And because of the work of the cross, he sets you free from the brokenness of your past, from the sin that separated you. He's teaching you how to live free and be sanctified in your life. And he's given you identity and purpose in who you are in him, not who the world says you are. And then he's sending you out into a world to be a living example of his love and grace, to make a difference in people's lives. This has been the work of the kingdom of God from the beginning. So when we talk about this local church and we talk about the mission that we are on, all we are doing is aligning ourselves with what God has already wanted to be doing. He wants River Valley, he wants you and your family and your life to live in such a way that you would know God and the people around you would know God that you would be free and the people around you would be free, that you would discover your purpose, why God created you and put you on this planet, and that you would help other people discover their purpose. And then at the end of this, that your life would make a difference and that people lives around you would make a difference. So when we talk about living with purpose, we're talking about living on kingdom mission. We're talking about aligning ourselves with what God wants to do in our lives. So last week, Pastor Jason talked about the space of knowing God. And he did a phenomenal job of leading us into this understanding reality that knowing God, and I want to be very clear about this, this mission that God has us on is a lifelong journey. It is not all of a sudden, hey, after three and a half years at River Valley, you are now at this point in in the, the space of of the big four in your life, of growing and learning and discovering purpose. No, 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 no. There's, there's a reality that we are at constant process of the Holy Spirit's work in our life that is teaching us how to know God daily. It's teaching us how to live free. In our, all of those things are part of this journey. And Jason did a great job last week of talking to us about this, this reality of, of not just knowing about God, but actually knowing him. And there's a huge difference. I love listening. How many of you guys were here last week or got to watch last week? The testimony that Charlotte shared just about the fact that she'd grown up in the church. She'd grown up around the church. She'd grown up around kind of Christian things her whole life and all of that. And she knew a lot about God, but she didn't know him. And one of the greatest delights of her life has been this this place where God brought her into some community and relationship that began to teach her about knowing him in relationship and love 
And that, that it wasn't just this ritualistic things that you do, but it's this relationship, this, this give and take of love and affection that God wants with each one of us. And she discovered that in her journey. God, God wants that for his people. He wants that for you. For some of you that are joining us online today, God wants to know you and wants to walk in relationship with you. And this is why this is kind of the beginning platform space of the big four. We talk about the big four as these know God, live free, discover purpose, and make a difference because our lives revolve around this journey of mission that God's called us to in our lives. And knowing him is just one of those beautiful things that is constantly evolving in our lives, where we're getting to know new aspects about who he is out of community and life together. This week, I want to just take about five minutes here, and we're going to talk about what it means to live free. Now, I think the guys did a great job of preaching that message. They, don't, they didn't need my help. They did phenomenal the testimony of their life really explains to us this reality of what it means to live free and how God's economy, the kingdom of God designed it, that we would learn to live free, not because we go in secret and see a counselor and try to take care of all the stuff of our life and then come out of that space and present ourselves as perfect. No, what God designed and desires is that we would walk openly in communication and relationship with one another so that, listen to me, here, here's, here's the thing that we're all risking but longing for in our life, to be fully known and fully loved. Yeah. To be in relationship and community. Listen, God already knows everything about you. So when it, when it comes to that space of your life, we don't get to pat ourselves on the back and be like, well, I've told God everything. Well, congratulations, he already knows everything. That there, there's nothing gained in that moment. Now, does he want to hear it from you? Does he want to have calm? Yes, he absolutely does. But there's nothing gained in your life in you living in freedom just because you've been free with God. Some of you don't believe me in the theology space of this. Scripture teaches us in James 5 that the only way that we actually walk in health and healing is when we confess our sin one to another. So in other words, God's desire is for you to be free without question. And he provided the means through, that, through the person of Jesus Christ. We know that. That's, that's not the thing. But not only does he want you to be free, he wants you to be healed and healthy in your life. The only way that that comes, ooh, here's the risky part, is when somebody else fully knows you and chooses to fully love you in that space. Here's the beauty of what I love seen happening here at River Valley. For those that are choosing community and relationship, they're learning how to be in relationship with other people. It's risky, but they're learning how to be in relationship with other people where they are fully known and fully loved and accepted in that space because that's what real love is. In fact, that's what separates the kingdom of God from everything else. Because every other space of life, and please don't try and sell me on this fact that the, the world is this tolerant place. It is not tolerant. It is only tolerant to its needs. It is not tolerant when it comes to this reality of the brokenness of our lives with one another. Only the kingdom of God provides space for us to be real with the brokenness of our life and still be fully loved and fully accepted in that space. And most of us wrestle with that in our life because we've been a part of judgmental environments. I, and I'll just tell you right now, I've actually participated in a few of those. 
I know none of the rest of you have, but I have. Here's the difference of the kingdom of God is that we're invited into community and relationship with one another. And we are not called to be each other's judge. We are called to be the ones that come alongside and love each other to health. And if you listened at all to anything that was said on that screen by three men who've exposed their brokenness to the men that are around them in their life, that's what they were saying. Not, I found the perfect church. It's just amazing, everybody. No, just, they just said, I made a choice to live free in my life. And the way that I did that was I decided to open my heart to some other people and to give them the opportunity to fully know me. And the expression of that back to me was that they fully loved me, even in my imperfection. That's the kingdom of God. And that is so different than the kingdom of this world. And when we look at that and we think about it, so many times we, we, don't, we don't even realize what we have, church. And I know it's because a lot of us in church settings have felt very judged, condemned, whatever you terminology you want to put to that in your life. Can I just tell you the devil has helped you a lot with that? I'm not saying the church is perfect. I'm not saying that you haven't been. I'm just telling you that there is no way that the enemy of your soul wants you to find a place where you, you can be honest and trust people and grow in relation. He doesn't want that for your life. Why? Because he knows that's the bedrock of the kingdom of God. And so as a church family, we've got to willfully make choices to put ourselves into relationship and community where we start living out the kingdom of God with our lives together. And the fruit of it, man, I just, I don't even know how to describe to you the joy and the peace that there is in being known and being loved. It's just something that is, is so set apart for the kingdom of God that in your life, if you have yet to experience that, I just want you to know God's inviting you into that in his family of the place of letting your heart be bare before some other people that would just walk with you and say, I see you, you're important, I know this sucks, I know that it's hard, but I'm with you and God is with you and we're gonna take this journey together. And when you have that in your life, there's just nothing that you can't conquer in God. And that's what we're talking about when it comes to this space of living free. It's not just cool small groups that are doing activities that I love and enjoy. It's not just, you know, finding a couple of guys where we hide in a coffee shop and pretend like we're doing life together. No, it's this, it's this reality where we actually begin to do life together in a healthy, meaningful way. And here's, here's for a definition for you of what it means to live free here at River Valley when we talk about this. It's disciples that are making disciples. It's men and women of God who have chosen to be followers of Jesus who have said, hey, here's my life. Here's the brokenness of it. I'm going to walk in community and relationship with you, and I'm going to give you the space to do the same thing, and we're going to grow together in our love for God and our love for his body, and we're going to be salt and light in the world that we live in. Disciples making disciples. It was actually what Jesus instructed us to do, the last thing he told us to do before he went to be with the Father. Hey, listen, here's my instruction to you. This was Jesus speaking. I want you, this is what I want you to do. If you have any question, you can come back to this statement. This is, this is, I, I can't even imagine the emphaticness of what Jesus was saying as he was ascending to go to be with the Father, right? Like, 
Cool music was playing, I'm sure spotlights and fog and all of this stuff. And Jesus looks at the disciples and he says, listen, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go into every nation, every people group. I, I just, and I want you to go and make disciples, teaching them to obey all the things that I've commanded you. In other words, what I want you to be is a disciple that's following me, that's going out and making other disciples who are following me. And Jesus said, hey, if you'll, if you'll learn how to do that, you will find the greatest joy and fulfillment and peace. You'll live in mission and purpose. Every morning that you get up, you'll have a fire inside of you and purpose to what you're doing. And Jesus was saying, hey, listen, if you'll, just, if you'll live out of this place of kingdom-mindedness, you'll see some really cool stuff take place. See, freedom for us as followers of Christ is a choice of our will. Most of us think oftentimes that, that freedom is something that, that is, is something that we work in in our flesh and we, we get it taken care of. And how many of you know that there, there's some things that, that we got to get free from in our life that takes some work, but that work is not apart from community and relationship. It's only in community and relationship. Jesus spoke to us about these moments that we're talking about this morning of finding freedom and really living in the purpose of God for our life. And he, he spoke about it in another place in the book of Mark, chapter 1, verse 15. And here, here's what it says in this space. It says, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. In other words, Jesus was just getting the disciples and, and some of the folks around him focused on this reality that the kingdom of God is at hand. It's not something that you're hoping for to go and obtain at some point in time. It's right here and it's right now. And then Jesus follows it up by saying, so repent, right? He, he's, he uses these very distinct words, repent and believe in the gospel. Really what Jesus said here, right here in this moment, I preached this to you guys for a little, a little while ago, that word repent is, is actually a word that in, in the Greek means to change the way that you think about the way that you think. Change the way that you think about the way that you think. In other words, the world has set a paradigm for you to think in in this way, and most of us, our thoughts are in that rut the way that the world view things. Why? Because we're human beings and we are constantly inundated by that information in our life, constantly, over social media. It doesn't matter what platforms you're looking at, just the way that you were raised in your family, the people that you hang out with. It is not hard for us to get into the mindset of this world. And what Jesus said is, listen, the kingdom of God is at hand. There's these kairos moments that are happening in your life where the kingdom of God, heaven, is literally coming and invading your world. Where God is having a meeting with you. Where circumstances of your life are pointing you to him. And we call those kairos moments. They're the moments where we're interacting and exchanging the kingdom of God for uh, the mentality of this world. And what God said, or what Jesus was saying in those moments is in, when those moments happen, when you're sitting gathered together in small groups and you're discussing or you're, you're having a conversation with a Christian friend and something is just like, oh my word, I've never thought about. That is a kairos moment. Heaven is coming to earth and breaking into your life. And here's what scripture gives us instruction to do in that moment. Repent 
In other words, change the way that you're thinking about the way that you're thinking. Oh, I once thought about people like this, but the Bible teaches me to think about people like this. It gives us some real practical things. And and here's what's taking place in your life. You're beginning to find freedom. Those Kairos moments are leading you to freedom that is found only in living the way that God designed you to live. And so Jesus is saying, hey, listen, you're going to have lots of opportunity for Kairos moments, for heaven to break into your life daily. The question is, is what are you going to do with those moments? Are we going to bypass them, which many of us do all the time? We have a thought of, wow, that's really different than what I thought. I'm going to go watch my TV show. Instead of stopping for a moment and going, God, would you change the way that I think about the way that I think? God, would, would, you, would, you, would you help me to have a different perspective on life, a, a more kingdom perspective? Can I tell you, that's the beginnings of learning how to live free in your life. There's some things, there's some mindsets that you have about yourself that are bondage to you. Things that were maybe spoken over you in your life when you were younger or things that you're processing through because of parents or coaches or those types of things in your life. And here's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He wants you to learn how to change the way that you think about you. That's finding freedom. And that only comes in moments where we're sitting down with brothers and sisters and we say, man, You know, forever, all I've ever thought about myself is that I just don't measure up. I just can't can't get it done. And a brother goes, well, you know what? We know for a fact that's not how God thinks about you. And in fact, that's not even how God wants you to think about you. Because Scripture says that you were born with a purpose. Psalms 139 says that God knew you before he knit you together in your mother's womb. He knows every part of your being, and he created you for purpose. And so so in that moment, all of a sudden now, I'm going to begin to change the way that I think about the way that I think. Dave's going to help me me get past the place of thinking, I'm just never going to measure up. And he's going to help me walk into a place of freedom in my life just simply because of a conversation. And the next time I see him, he's going to look at me and say, hey, Tim, how are, you, how are you doing that with that way that you think about the way that you think about you? I'm going to say, well, you know, this week I was about 50-50. It's good about 50% of the time, and the other 50% of the time I bought into the lie. And he's going to say, hey, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. Here's what we know, that when we renew our minds that we begin to think the way that God wants us to think. And so, hey, Tim, I was thinking this week, got a couple verses for you. How many of you know David would do that for me? That's what it means to begin to walk together in relationship and community. And I know that seems very cursory, but we've got other spaces in community and relationship where your life can begin to find freedom. And it will do that because of the people that you're walking with. I'm looking around the room today, and I, I, I can... I just I have stories playing over and over and over in my head of the freedom that people in this room have found because of community and relationship together. We heard testimony of it from these men this morning. And here's, here's the hard part. 
is it takes a little bit of courage to go, God, your way is better than my way. These men talked about it this morning. It is so much easier to isolate and hide. And we all have all kinds of cool smoke screens and, and costumes and facades that we can put on to keep people at just the right distance. We all can say the words, uh, strategically plan our schedules, all of those things so we never actually engage in community and relationship with each other, but we could put on the appearance of it. Or we can choose to say, you know what, God? Your way is just better. And I'm, I got some apprehensions about this, and I'm a little nervous about it, but God, I'm going to choose community and relationship because I want freedom in my life. And the devil will always try to get you to buy into the lie that you're better off on your own, and the kingdom of God is always trying to woo you into the place of understanding that we are better together. There's just no two ways about it. And so when we talk about this space of living free and the work that God wants to do in each of our lives in this, here's what we know for sure, that God is taking you and me on a journey. And as we learn to live free, what we're really learning to do is to live in life-on-life discipleship with each other. And you're going to hear us talk about this a lot more in the days and weeks to come because I believe that this is One of the things that God is doing in the church today for far too long, the American church, we've been content with coming to church on Sunday, waving at each other, saying, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Going to our parking lot, getting in our car and crying on our way home or feeling the ultimate betrayal of I just lied to that person about really where I am. And I just think God's, God's done with that. And he's looking for a people that will say, no, we're, we're, Sunday mornings are great times to get together and we're going to worship, but that's not how we do life. How we do life is how we connect with one another throughout the week and, and our families getting to know each other more and, and risking being known by somebody even in the fact that they might reject you because of what they hear about you, but risking that because it's so important to live in health and freedom, and that's the kingdom way. See, there's some growth that we have to do, church, and the Holy Spirit is inviting us into that place together. So I want to finish with this verse right here, and it's, it's a verse that many of us know, and we love to take it out of context all the time, but I just want to sow it into your heart today with what I believe was the heart and mindset of Christ in it. Galatians 5.1 says it this way. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. And that's, just to be clear, that's not a statement in and of itself. It's a statement inside the context of what is about ready to be said here. So in other words, here's what was being set free. Being said, you are being set free so that you can be free. Complicated, I get it. But I want us to hear the the premise, the, the heartbeat behind this statement. You were set free by Christ, the completed work of the cross. He went and died and bore all of your sin, the embarrassment of your life, even the things that you're wrestling with today. Jesus knew all about those things, and he set you free from them, listen, so that you can be free. So you don't have to carry that backpack of weight 
and bondage so that you don't have to walk over hunched all the time, so you don't have to look over your shoulder hoping nobody's listening to your conversation, so that you don't have to look in the face of your spouse or your friend and pretend like everything's okay, but in your heart you know that it's not. Jesus said, that's not why I died. I died so that you could be free from all of that. Man, that, that, that's kind of heavy. It's an invitation is what it is to freedom. Christ died so that you can be free. And then it goes on and says this, Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to the yoke of slavery. So here's, here's how this verse comes together. Christ died so that you could experience freedom in your life. Period. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. You don't have to carry that stuff unless you want to. If you do, it's a heavy burden. It's not going to be fun. And he goes on to say, so stand firm in this freedom that Christ purchased for you. Stand firm in it. Don't be shaken from that space. Don't let some person come to you. Don't let some religion come to you. Don't let the devil come to you. Don't let your past try and sneak back. Stand firm in who Christ says that you are and don't be yoked again. In other words, don't let that burden come back on your shoulders of the slavery from your past. That's a good day, church. And too many times in our life, because of our own mistakes, we don't repent and believe. Too many times what we do is we, we recognize our own failures and what we do is we begin to believe that narrative about our life again and we go back into slavery that Jesus set you free from. So when we talk about living free at River Valley, we're not talking about being perfect. What we're talking about is being covered by the perfect one so that we can learn how to give grace and health in our community of relationship with one another and we can be the people that God designed us to be. That's what we're talking about. And here's the challenge. The Bible teaches us that cannot happen outside of relationship. Some of you are like, man, I was looking for the way out on this one today. That was good preaching until you got to that point. Listen, I didn't write it. He did. He knows what your heart needs way better than you do. And what he knows is that the only way that we really find health and healing and freedom in our lives is when we actually walk together in honest community together. Is that hard work? I'll be the first to tell you yes. Is it risky? I'll be the second to tell you yes. Is it in our lives a choice that we have to make and then it's going to cost us time and all our emotions and all? Yes, it will. Is it worth it? Without question. Without question. Because you will truly never experience the fullness of what it means to be a follower of Christ until you learn how to live free in your life. That's why it's part of the big four. It's because each one of us have an opportunity, but we have to make a choice. And so when we talk about being on mission as a church family, this is the second part of that for us, to learn how to live free, to walk in such a way that we're in community and life together. Here's what we're going to do this morning. We do this Every week as we finish our time together as a church family, for those of you who are joining us online, we'll engage you here in just a moment in that. But we're going to gather together in groups. And here's, here's the conversation that I want you to, 
to kind of centralize around this morning. Living free is a choice, and it's a choice of community. No two ways about it. Here's, here's the questions that we're going to process through a little bit this morning. How is the kingdom of God breaking into my life through the relationships around me? And what am I doing with those moments, those kairos moments, those kingdom moments that are happening in my life? This, this is some good conversation with this this morning. It's going to take us just beyond a little bit of the surface level, but to be able to really stop and think about the relationships that are around us in life. I want to pray over us real quick because I really believe this is going to be a, a, a sacred time, a beautiful time this morning. Um, so let's take just a moment here. Uh, for those of you that join us online, will you join us in prayer as well? Father, we thank you for your word and its power in our lives. And Lord, we thank you that you have set us up for a journey, God, that honors the work that Jesus did on the cross. Lord, that you created us to live free. And Lord, you created us to do that in the context of community and family, life together. Lord, today I pray that in our discussions, Lord, in our contemplations, Lord, as we process through these moments, Lord, that you would teach us, God, how to make a brave choice, Lord, to choose your way over ours, Lord, to put your kingdom before ourselves, Lord, Lord, and to live in such a way, God, Lord, where our lives represent the whole work, God, of the cross. Lord, today, Lord, as we talk about this space of relationship and community, and God, your kingdom breaking into our lives, God, Lord, would you teach us right now, God, how it looks, Lord, to be known and loved, God, by the people that are around us. Lord, we thank you for this time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to this message. Do you know someone who'd be blessed by it? Make sure to share it with them this week.